So I'm going to stop reading the episode li- number out because uh, I keep getting it wrong. So we're, so we're just going to talk and I'm just going to keep doing the theme tune. Um, so tonight we, we have the new England's strongest man under 90 kilos, Dan Benson. Um, can you give us a bit of an intro into yourself, uh, Daniel, please, sir? <laughs> Daniel, only my mum calls me that. Um, yeah, so I'm a... a, a strength coach by trade um, and sort of a bit of an amateur strongman I suppose an, an average amateur strongman but you know I've been competing in strongman for the last four years and sort of had my most successful year last year and it seems to have sort of flowed over into this year really really well. Yeah Dan don't be don't be modest don't put yourself <laughs> down honestly because you, you put yourself down you're you're doing what you did like it makes uh, people like me feel like shit with all the effort <laughs> I've been and I'm uh, nowhere near. Yeah, I've, I've, ne- I've never been one for bigging myself up. I've never been good at it. Um, but don't put yourself down. You don't need to put yourself down. No, no. Um, at the same time, I, I would never say that I'm, you know, despite the, the, the wins and things, I never say that I'm particularly good. Um, I just kind of think that breeds a bit of complacency. So I'll, uh, I'll always try to, you know, we can always... But you've won England, so you must be pretty good. <laughs> there was a strong field there for sure. Um, yeah, it, it definitely felt good to win that. Yeah, there's a good mix of guys, wasn't there? I heard there was some guy who pulled fucking two fifty for sixteen. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, was, shout was, out to Super Ed. He was like a metronome. He just did not stop. No rep looked any different from the previous. Yeah, and then you had uh, Axel nine. Uh, was it nine reps won the Axel in seventy five seconds? That was a it crazy. It was yeah, yeah. I got seven, but tied with Josh on that. Yeah, I thought. I think that comp was just. Uh, I think it was just really good. It was a really good field. There wasn't much like, you know, there wasn't like obvious, um, it wasn't like obvious who was going to win. It was kind of like, what's going to happen on the day? The only event that I thought was a bit random was that stone load. Um, but head to head. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit mad. The Just the first round, not so much the the last two, but the, the 100 kilo yeah. stone that was yeah, like... The 100 kilos, it, it did feel, forever. you know, for, for, for that competition, it did feel quite light. And I think Jake and... Matt Eilif kind of <laughs> demonstrated how light that was. Yeah. yeah, how long did they go for? I didn't, I didn't see their round. I saw quite a few rounds on Instagram Live, but was there... Yeah, the they, one... they went for about three or four days, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might I be think going they... now still, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they hit somewhere between sort of 40 and 50 reps each. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty mad, to be honest. Ridiculous, yeah. So, so you, you t- tell us about your, uh, what you do with your strength coaching then. Uh, you were saying you're a strength coach. So how, how long have you been doing that? And um, what do you so do? Most I, I qualified as a PT 2015. Um, and it was the sort of 2016 is when I first got into, into Strongman. It was actually through one of my clients who mentioned sort of having a look around, see if there are any local comps. Um, and I've always sort of been into Strongman. I've always watched it at Christmas, much like I'm sure most of us have anyway. Um, and I found that... Um, yeah, I enjoyed it so much and, and it, it certainly appealed more to me. So I found myself researching more and more. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed learning about it and I enjoyed coaching it. And obviously it took a little while. I did, I have got uh, level four in S&C as well. Um, so I went and sought that out. And recently um, my level one BWL uh, uh, as well. Um, you know, you, you get your generic sort of PTs who, stick with their level three and and sort of do that sort of stuff but but to me that that didn't really it didn't really pique my interest enough to stick at your sort of 12 week 
programs or your fat loss stuff um as much as i still do now you know i still work in a commercial gym um at least for the next couple of weeks anyway um but most of my most of my strength athletes and most of my um strongman powerlifting clients are all online um i, I coach very few in person which is a shame um i'd like more so you've got more sort of hands-on experience um one or two sort of olympic lifting clients um which which is nice you know it, it kind of changes things up ever so slightly and you know i think they I think they marry up quite well. I think you can you can take a lot from Olympic lifting towards strongman and vice versa in a way. Yeah, definitely. So, what, what's your in terms of you in terms of your business and your work? Like, what is your like ideal avatar or ideal client um, that you? That what's your passion in teaching? What do you get excited the most about coaching? It's going to sound really corny, but I I sign I kind of get hard on about clients who want to. <laughs> I kind of want to, um, those who want to succeed and those who want to push themselves a little bit more, not, I'm not really interested in those clients who kind of, it's going to sound harsh if any of my clients are listening, but to those who kind of just, you know, they show up for their once weekly hour session and kind of don't really have that much drive or motivation to do more than that or to, or to, to exceed. And yet they still expect some kind of um, the, the progress from that. So the ones I really enjoy are those who are dedicated and really want to push themselves quite hard. Um, whether competitively or not, I mean, it's, you know, um, not everybody is out there to compete, but some people are out there to prove things to themselves. And if I can help facilitate that, then then I'm, I'm over the moon with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, it's, it sounds harsh, but it doesn't because I don't think there's any personal trainer out there. Well, hopefully that, that watch that, you know, that wants to work with people that aren't dedicated and aren't driven and work towards the goal. So it's not harsh at all. It's just reality. And <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes you've got to be as the coach you've got to be what's the word you've got to be harsh so to speak. you've got to tell people like no you're not the client for me because otherwise you'll end up filling up your time slots with clients that you don't really want to you know they're not driven and you're not enjoying your job then you're not doing what you want to do and you just end up uh, even though you're running your own business you end up feeling like you're working for these people that aren't getting the results that you want them to because they're not as driven or as dedicated as they should be yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I, I think there are quite a few PTs out there who are actually, or coaches or whatever, who are suited to that kind of clientele that where they're kind of, the the PT is the motivator or whatever. And, um, you know, you know, like say the, the client, you know, that they can't really be asked being there and they're expecting you wanting you to beast them like that. I think there, I think there is some kind of PTs that they're, out there that, that suit that role, but I don't. But 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 for for like people like us, I think it's like really 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 frustrating. I'm completely with you, Dan, in terms of um, yeah, you're you're wanting people who who want to get better at something and perform, whether that be strongman or weightlifting. I I, I have like probably maybe say four four or five like general population clients now that are not interested in 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 strongman or competing or anything like that but the only reason why i coach them is because they have they have like like I have one lady and she's she's amazing and um she her goal is to be able to do a press up and she's obsessed with being able to do a press up and she's just obsessed with it and we're doing all these different variations we're doing banded we're doing uh like but um essentially a board press but with the press up we're doing eccentrics and she, 
the point is she's completely driven to do it like she's working to that's her competition if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. and that that i can completely relate to it she's just exactly like like us in terms of obsessed with going towards that goal but just because it's not a competition doesn't um anyway doesn't make any less worthy does it you you, you know what i mean but yeah. but be, being around people like that is just so kind of I think I think it's great for us as coaches, and I think that as coaches, we should try and distance ourselves from from people who who are like who are just sapping your kind of energy in terms of. Yeah, I was going to say people like that have like an energy bound. You come away from it almost like a bit motivated, you know. Even though exactly. That, that's, that's what I that's what I feel like when I, when I spit when I whether it be like say I, I speak to my clients in in person or whatever I see them at the gym, and then I have like say my online clients that I speak to whether it be message or voice note or whatever. And every single conversation with every single one of those guys, I'm fucking buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing. And there's people who, in the past, I haven't been buzzing with, and I'm just I'm just not not. We, we can't afford the time to be or, or like, you know, you know, when you have a conversation with someone, you come away and you feel like, fucking hell, that's actually taken something from me. Yeah. It's like, I think, well, I think, well, I know Shane's the same where you speak, you, you should speak to all of our clients and be 99% of the time, be actually like uplifted and inspired and, you know, you know, you read somebody, you read people's um, feedback on whatever system you use, and you think, oh, fucking hell, like, well, you do, you do your check-ins, don't you, Dan? And yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. And like, it fucking gives you a buzz, doesn't it? Anyway, I'm hundred percent. Yeah, Dan, yeah. you said you said Dan that for a couple more weeks, anyway. You're yep. at the commercial gym. So what's uh, What's going on there? Are you leaving or something or what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the, the commercial gym that I work out of at the moment. Um, and there's a, a gym. Well, it's not, it's not really too far away. It's, it's, it's kind of a PT studio. Um, but the guys there are more than happy for me to bring my, my kit in. All my strongman kit can stay there. Wow. So it kind of, you know, it appeals much more to where the direction I want my business to go in. So I can bring people down to there. You know, I can coach people. There's no fees other than my own. Um, so just to just to backtrack a bit then, so this commercial gym you're at, like, do you um, pay rent to PT there, or do you work there as like an instructor, or what? what no, no, I'm completely freelance. I pay I pay rent to be there. Right. Okay. I see what you mean. So you're just taking your business then. Yeah, I'm just moving out of that place, which is going under. If you've ever if you've seen the news recently, um, and yeah, moving into the studio where, I'm, you know, more whether the rent's there or not, I'm, I'm more attracted to being able to take my own kit in with me. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, this the owner of this gym is very much, you know, if if you ask her and if you can justify her enough, she's more than happy to to subsidise kit as well. Um, I know she's done it for a few people uh, who are who are other PTs who are working there. So, yeah, I'm excited to be able to take my stones in, my log in, my my axle bar and everything. And you know, she's perfectly fine with it. And you know, I, I'm I'm much more able to appeal to them all to the clientele that I want on a one to one basis, not just online. And then it's going to be obviously it's going to be better for your training, isn't it? <clears throat> Means I don't have to train in the garden, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's incredible news, mate. Brilliant. So you train you train in the garden then for uh, for England. <laughs> Actually, yeah, for the majority of lockdown, yeah, um, um, yeah, I had to build some kind of a platform out of pallets, which you know, <laughs> Josh was very happy to see, I'm sure. Um, and the amount of turf I've had, I've, I've kicked up. 
but yeah, that's, that's how I spent most of my time. And when I wasn't doing that, I was deadlifting in the garage and having neighbors coming around to his neighbors about him doing his uh, deadlift <laughs> and bit, uh, yeah. out in yeah. the garden. In the do you, tra- you you like train in the dark, don't you? Um, well, I'm out here now, yeah, with the lights on, yeah. Um, it's it's not unheard of for me to be out here, sort of between eleven, half twelve, one o'clock time. <laughs> It's just whenever I've had so many clients getting uh, neighbor complaints since lockdown. Yeah, it's crazy. He's <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> I think, I, think um, uh, I put, put like a bit of a story on Instagram the other day about always feeling inspired by people being consistent and whatever I like, always go on about. Um, mm. And I just think you're, you're a great example of somebody who's in, who's in that mold. Like you, you haven't had ideal circumstances in terms of um, in terms of training during lockdown and privileges no, no, no. and stuff like that. But you've never, what, like from speaking to you all the way through, like ne- never once have you felt like a like a lot of people feel like they're they're a victim in this whole scenario, don't they? Whereas you've always you, you've always taken that that practical kind of right well what can i do then what can i do what can i do you got you, you got to make the best of the situation otherwise you're just going to sit on your ass for 18 weeks and that didn't gain you anything right? well that, that's it and to be, to be honest for people like you and i like i like almost cashed in with that attitude and um been like well we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep keep progressing no matter what like what however however shit the situation is we're go- we're going to keep going with it and um and unfortunately you you see so many people who've like kind of dropped off a little bit or wavered and i just uh, I've got, honestly i think think it's a shane we've talked about it before haven't we? Where, we, where we said like you see you see people like you think oh can i be asked can i oh can, i can't really be asked training or whatever and and then you see people on fucking instagram or people you coach and that and the the kind of like see see Dan doing fucking deadlifts at midnight and I'm like yeah just yeah Jan for me I think Jan's class like uh, every time I see him training I'm like he's a little fucker grafting away in the rain outside doing one thirty log in the wind <laughs> and I'm just like uh, right come on Shane pull your finger out do some work same with you you're another one like just seeing you train every time I watch your story. And I'm like, this this fucking cunt story is like 94 slides long, and he's only it's only one day's training. I was like, Shane, you're a lazy bastard. Go do something. So, what, where where did it start with the with the competing then, Dan? So my first comp was uh, 2016. It was a very very low key comp. Sort of, uh, it was Cambridge Strongest Man. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I try I prepped as best as I could for that without a coach and. You know, I, I came away with it quite humbled. Um, looking back on it now, obviously you can compare yourself now to the past, but you know, I, I zeroed a lot of events, but that kind of that didn't really bother me too much. Um, I just I enjoyed the I enjoyed it, and I, I just enjoyed the whole competing thing. Um, yeah, and then it was a few months later I signed up for my next one, and I just said to my, I just kind of had to prove to myself that I could do better than zeroing like four out of six events. Um, and, and I just kind of got the bug from it, and and I just there's something I think we've, we've said before. There's something very primal about strongman. There's very there's something very appealing um, to picking up heavy shit and then well putting it down again or moving with it. So I just, I just got the bug from that. Did um, did getting into strongman and strength training yourself did that change your approach to 
you know, like coaching clients, face to face, I mean, like the kind of clientele that you would assume before you competed. I mean, not, obviously, I know you train strength athletes and stuff. But have you applied anything you've learned to general pop? Um, yeah, I think I think I kind of have because I think it's very transferable. Um, I mean, the periodization might change of a society, and there might be various sort of you know, there's not quite the the nuances that you'd get with this with a strength athlete. But I think that there's still there's still a lot that you can that you can move over um, to your general population. You know, whether they know it or not, it's not really they don't need to know it. But my my coaching, I think my coaching style definitely changed uh, from then because you know, as as a PT, you go through your your bullshit sort of six week qualification that it takes, and you're told you know pick your exercises, do three times eight to twelve, and just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot I mean you're taught a little bit through the technique and things but I think only when you become more experienced that you start learning about various other aspects of anatomy and, and sort of how that plays a role and, and how you can um, sort of tailor these, these movements to better suit your biomechanics as well They don't tell you to do 30 sets of 5 on your PT course do they? Nor 10 by 10 on the log no. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I think as well, with, with coaching, if, if you don't look back at like something you used to do or an old program or something and think to yourself, fucking out of shit, yeah. I don't think you're like evolving as quick as you should be as a coach. Because I look back at like programs I wrote a year and a half ago and I'd be like, oh, what have I done? Why did I do that? And it makes me cringe a little bit. But then that, that's the good thing that I know I'm not... Um, no, I'm not stalling still, and I'm still surrounding myself with people that I'm learning from all the time. Like Josh, I've learned loads from from working closely with Josh, um, which is great because it just means that I get more, and then my, my clients get more, and you can bounce off people. It's great, and that and that's the that's the thing. What what what's good? Like if you have the if you have the attitude that um, I suppose Shane and I have in terms of like. We are, we, we are stu- even though we're coaches and we coach a lot of people, like, we, we, we're, stu- we're, we're students, we're learning all the time. We're learning not only from, like, say, people who are higher than us or whatever, but, like, like I, I said it the other week, like, I coach probably about 15 to 20 guys who are qualified, um, like, PTs or they have a gym or whatever. And it's fucking, it's absolutely awesome because... I learn so much. Like I've, I've, I've learned stuff from you, Dan. Like, and I, I watch, I watch stuff that you do, and uh, I read your posts and stuff. And um, I'm glad someone does. Pardon? <laughs> I'm glad someone does. <laughs> but, but, but like, even, even the way, even like the, 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 the technical aspects of like, say, say you, you're lifting and stuff, and the stuff that that's working. Even though we're, we're obviously making tweaks and uh, to optimize things, like. Like say what we've done with the stone, we've really improved the stone, haven't we? And the yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but but I mean stuff that you're already doing and that you've done from working with other coaches and stuff like that. It's not a case of you, you've you, you like. It's not a case of kind of I'm telling you everything. I'm just giving you like a bit of a, a like a, a guide really, and and I'm like the stuff that you do and enter within that and the feedback that you write like. I, I learn stuff like and yeah. from having conversations with you and saying like like uh, I, l- I learn so much that I can apply to 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 other people and you you must be, you must be like that Shane yeah oh like for everyone like again like you said I'm lucky enough to 
coach a lot of coaches. I coach a lot of athletes that have been around for years and know a lot. And you just find that like people at different parts of the country as well. There's like always like, like down South, we've got like Rob Frampton and that at strength tech. And they're always like taught a certain way. And they kind of, like, like for them, a good example, like Chaos Gym. Okay, everybody who trains at Chaos Gym, deadlifts very similar. They all have that externally rotated foot and that kind of mini hitch that isn't a hitch. You know what I mean? And you kind of um, you can learn off those people that the, all, everyone who surrounds themselves around there has a good deadlift in a suit, and they all do this. So there's like a common trend that you know it's successful. Same with Rob Frampton builds a lot of good presses. So you can just learn bits and, and and having these clients dotted all around means that I get like inside scoop almost on, you know, what everyone says and what everyone does. And then you can just start to like think about it, you know, decide if it's something you want to roll with. And then if it's not, you've still got this like, you know, little um, ace in your pocket that you can pull out if you need to. But also you're just learning all the time of all these different methods, of all these people across the country, because Tom Hibbert always said like success leaves clues and if everybody from a certain gym deadlifts a certain way and has a big deadlift, there's probably something in it. So you should not ignore it. You should learn learn it, basically. Yeah, that, that was good. what was good about uh, having, having Luke on the show and uh, t- talking about the programming methods and stuff like that. And I, re- I remember speaking to him a couple of years ago and talking about t- talking about deadlifting and I was re- like looking to learn and and get an insight and stuff. And, and just basically, he just said, we well, just fucking need to deadlift, deadlift more. Like, people don't, de- people don't deadlift enough. Like, you can, if you want to be good at something, like, do, do it three or four times a week. Uh, reduce the intensity on other stuff that might steal from the progress on that. And it's just fucking simple, isn't it? Yeah, because Luke Luke's blunt, he'll put it in one sentence, wouldn't he? He'll be like, stop squatting and deadlift more. I think he'll walk off. <laughs> but then if you actually, like, absorb that information and think about it properly it's like really good advice that you can overcomplicate and turn into a, a fucking pdf if you wanted to yeah i've got i've got a gem for, I, sp- I spoke to ben france the other day um and he, we were on about uh, programming and whatever and unconventional methods and um he was saying about me like being like obsessively training something to get better at it and um and what he was saying about um how, what he uses for motivation he doesn't watch um, like strongman videos and stuff. He watches uh, CrossFit videos and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watches the ways that they train. And he said that that really uh, gets him pumped up. And then he said, um, and then we were talking about the frequency and upping the volume and people saying how oh it can fuck your recovery and blah 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 blah. And and he said that he'd seen on this uh, CrossFit thing. He said um, they'd use the analogy of uh, if someone if someone was said that you were going to you had to put 40 pounds on your squat in the next three weeks or you, or your family dies. And would you squat the same squat less or squat more in the next yeah. three weeks? And like is, Ben told me that because obviously I've known Ben for years. He's, he's lived by that for so long that it always, and, I, and it's something I've, I've actually said that to people before because it's true. You would literally spend half your fucking breathing moments squatting, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I thought that was class. I've never heard that before, and it just yeah, just completely, um, completely. Ben, Ben, those preference chart as well. You follow that, don't you, for your percentages and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just simple, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah, he's, he's quite 
it's quite old school, but also a fucking legend is Ben. He's, he's, he's really clever. Always learning, always reading something, but never like, you never know how good he was unless you actually sat and spoke to him. He's, he's fucking really clever. I love him. No, he put, pulled 3.30 the other day and hicked his. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he won the Masters as well, didn't he? Actually smoked it. Yeah, he just said, uh, Josh, Josh, can I, can I borrow your scales? The scales aren't working. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> I just pulled 3.30. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. And, the, and by the way, Dan, this, this guy, if you don't know him, he, he's like, about how old is he? 63? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always joking because I know, I know he listens to this. So, uh, yeah, I think Ben is, oh, he must be close to 50 now. Fuck. He's got, he's got about 16 years on me, I think. About four, mid 40s, 46, 47, I don't know. Yeah, funny. Ben gave me my first job. So that's how that's how fucking uh, and I thought I, it's funny because when he, when he first when I first got my job I thought he was skinny as fuck I didn't even know if he trained because he was actually dieting for a bodybuilding show <laughs> and uh, you know when you're absolutely diced you just look like an idiot in a t-shirt I was like what that guy that guy trains and then I seen him with his top off I was like what the fuck I was like I want to be this man love Ben absolute legend so Dan for the for the quite quite a few people out there who will think that you've uh, kind of just turned up to England and just kind of turned up on the scene and like, well, where the fuck's this guy from? Like, um, who the fuck is he a flash in the pan or whatever? Who we like, like t- tell us the story of the last couple of years, what you've done with your, with your <laughs> and why people are maybe on the untested side. haven't heard of you as much. Yeah. I think it's, you know, untested gets a lot less, uh, airtime than than I think it probably should, but um, yeah, as I said at start, last year was sort of my best year, um, and it has has leaked over into this year. I just wish that you know we, we could have competed at England's a bit earlier in the year, and and we'd still be doing Britons now. But um, yeah, I was competing in the the tested the BNSF last year. Um, so yeah. I went down too, and then it's just been smashing trends since Shane <laughs> <laughs> geared up on it a little fucker. I got needles sticking out my arse and everything. <laughs> uh, no, so I did. Um, I went down to Bristol and did BNSF uh, Southern Qualifier, um, and I won pretty much every event there. Um, I went to nationals in uh, Basingstoke and I won BNSF Britain Strongest um, again, winning almost almost every event that time. Um, and yeah, then flew over to Finland and <coughs> won the WATA uh, the World's Finals as well, which was what under eighty five, I think. Oh, is this, um, is this, AR? Oh, I know who you are now, I remember it, because is this the one that Tim went to? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. Tim oh, was okay. determined to beat this fucking prick. Oh, I <laughs> and I was, wh- I was whispering in Tim's ear when he was deadlifting, I was saying, think of fucking dumb man, so go on, you, go on, you, you, and he was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but he could get nowhere near him, to be fair. Yeah, so, I, again, yeah, I won every event there as well, yeah. except the last. Yeah, no, one likes, no one likes a medley. Tim so. came in and Tim was Tim was saying that he lost here and he was gutted because he, he says you're a right cunt, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair play to yeah, Tim's a I liked him. I'd get on well with Tim. He's a you know, he's a he's a decent he's a very good athlete actually. Um you say about looking up and uh, I messaged you the other day, Josh, after seeing uh, Tim's deadlift um in in the in the suit and how that kind of spurred me on a little bit because I think I've I pulled three, three seventeen during lockdown in a suit, and I'm kind of itching to get back in there now. So yeah, no, I definitely I look up to Tim for sure. 
Are you a Metal King Pro user as well? I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've not got a jacket. Yet. Definitely, definitely one of the best suits for. I don't know about the open guys, but seems to be one of the most common for the 105ers, 90 kilo lifters with the adjustable straps and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It takes some getting used to. Doesn't it? Have you got the orange one, like Josh, or just the single part? No, I like to be a bit more sort of hidden in the shadows, so I went with black. Yeah, it's a tangled. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's using the King Pro. Um, to be fair, it's taken you taken you a while. Well, not a while, but like you've appreciated that actually there's a lot more skill to it than people. Like at first, I think you were just like, oh, well, people put the suit on and then get an extra 20 kilos or whatever. Whereas yeah, just strap it on and get going. And you think, fuck, no, it's not. It's not like that at all. Like you, you're pulling less than you raw for ages for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a whole you know comfortable and whereas it's now a beast. I think you need to change your technique for your suit for sure. And and it's a it's a whole other beast. Um, but as as we've said before, you know, my, my after pulling in a suit for however long we were doing it, sort of eight nine weeks or so, um, I still think there's carryover from your suit over to your raw. Um, I think you've, you've commented on that yourself. Yeah, definitely. I can see it as clear as day, mate. Honestly, you're, um, you, <clears throat> what we're saying to you, I messed it WhatsApp you summit the other day, didn't I, Shane, about leg drive or whatever? I think I said this. Yeah, after. yeah, when you messaged me about my... Um, I think, and yeah. Dan's, Dan's a good example. And, and Molly, actually, if you watch Molly Deadlift, like, since they've done, like, a good phase in the, in the suit where they're getting used to the like, lower hip position to load the suit or whatever... Like you come back to your well, not that you've gone away from your raw, but you your raw is you're definitely driving with the legs a lot, like habitually now. Yeah, I can feel it. I can feel it. Even in my deadlifts uh, that I did earlier, um, yeah, it, it's still there, and and it's you know it comes in handy for sure. Um, I think it, it certainly it definitely helped with the. I think it's helped more with at least I notice it more with the um, the higher volume on the deadlifts. Um, I had no chance of pulling. 250 for 11 um but i think that you know i, I certainly felt it much more um on sunday um, so is that is that where you got in the cup you got 250 for 11 i did yeah 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 on that horrendous stiff bar set an alico power bar yeah <laughs> yeah is it a Lico power bar yeah oh jesus the stiffest good, good an interesting stat shane he got uh 250 for 11 and that was his fourth best event <laughs> Like he, so, so did, did 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 someone else get eleven? My eyelift got eleven. Yeah, and then Super Ed, I would, I would <laughs> got go, fucking twenty-two. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so don't be offended. Um, but yeah, that Super Ed got two fifty for sixteen. I'm sure he, I'm sure he wasn't even using straps, was he? Uh, I don't remember to be honest. I know I did. I did hear that he didn't use straps. Yeah, I heard that somewhere else. It's absolutely. He messaged me and said, "This guy just walked out and pumped out <laughs> and reps." And walked off. <laughs> I got the fuck. <laughs> so then, uh, so what do you do? What, you won the farmers, didn't you? Yeah, and I won the yoke as well. Won the yoke as well, um, um, and then won the stone battle. Um, stone battle. Yeah. What did you think? Of you t- what did you two think about the decision to remove Tacky on the day? <clears throat> um, I, I I kind of admit, you know, I got pissed off at the time, but I think that's more because I'd only just put it on. Um, no, I think it was. What, you I just put was, your Tacky on. 
I literally just put it on, yeah. And he saw me put it on, finished. <laughs> so that was a really on. late rule change then. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was as okay, they'd finished. On, so he had all the buddy remover. Like, uh, that's what I was concerned about, was the fact that having the remover on was going to affect the grip. Um, yeah, yeah, I sprayed myself down with G85, and then I went and you know, made sure I got as much of it as, as, as I could. Um, it's um, it, My opinion is it, it's part of the sport that... Yeah. I love it as being part of the sport. The fact that it can just fucking change on the on the day and completely throw things. And some days it plays in your favour. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, yeah. For me, but like they, they changed the keg, and that that kind of worked in my favour because I fucking hate kegs. Yeah, exactly. For for me, like oh yeah, it went to sandbag, sandbag, didn't it? Or yeah. Yeah. same sandbag, only one pickup, four runs. So that okay, so you just had to run it right. Okay, I see. Forty yeah. meters. So that played in played into my hands. Like that was good for me. Because yeah. I just pop, I just put it on the shoulder, and then I finished second on that. Whereas if we'd have done the front carry, oh, I just remember, Josh. I got a question for you, Josh. Right? So when you were head to head with Flash, yeah, and you were getting to that point where I could see Flash slowing, and he was starting to take the full thirty seconds. Yeah, he yeah, was fucked. I know. <laughs> I was like thinking to myself. He was showing how fucked he looked, and you looked all right, but then you failed the pickup. So I was thinking, you must have been feeling something. So what were your forearms feel? What was it? What went? What happened? Oh, it it, it was just it. Um, I'd got it was wet, and I just okay. That was it, right? The grip, it, like it, like honestly, like I don't expect anybody to believe this apart from. Um, Apart from twins, because they train with me, and now fucking mad I am. But well, I've, I've seen what you've done in training. So that's why it was. I didn't know if your forearms. I'm not making excuses or anything, but that's why. Like that was a thing that didn't. That was a change that didn't play into my hands. Was the fact that you couldn't use the tacky because, um, like genuinely, and it's pointless me saying because I'm never going to get to prove it or anything. But like genuinely, I felt like I could have done a hundred at that a hundred. Like I didn't, uh, that was the frustrating thing. I walked off and I wasn't like even out of breath or anything. I just couldn't fucking grip the fucker, which is, is like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good enough at tackle stones, simple as, but I'm, but I'm saying that, um, it, it was, um, yeah, well that, that's honestly what, what happened. Uh, I was thinking, I was trying to think in my head, like, because I'm a fan. Is it pr- probably probably seemed like, like it just failed out of nowhere, did it? Yeah, it just it looked fine, and then you couldn't pick it up. But like I said, I wasn't sure if it was slippy or if I know when you're squeezing really hard, you can just sometimes like reach failure in in your, in your forearms. And I thought, has he failed because of that? Or it just felt, felt fantastic. And that was a frustrating thing. Um, so I was looking forward to you in the final. I was like, I wonder what Josh is going to do. Because I was like, Flash was dying for about five minutes. So I was like, he's going to go soon. And then, then you went, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's what... But but like I said, like, the the sandbag really played into my hands because, like, if if being honest, if it had been the keg and the thingy, like, everybody who's trained with me has fucking smashed me at that. Like, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'd have probably been middle of the pile, to be honest. But the fact that I could adapt and put the shoulder, whatever, got me got me good points at that. So it's just evens itself out, doesn't it? The de- what, the de- what's next for you two then? Is there a, is this qualified you two to another comp or is there another one this year? 
they haven't confirmed yet, have they? Um, I think, yeah, it, it qualifies us for Brits, uh, for Britain's strongest under 90. But whether that happens at the late end of this year, whether it happens beginning of next year, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything else, Josh. But. Well, so, I'm sure someone said it was November to me. but like We've got, no, we got BNSF in November. Yeah. So there's no like official set date for it at the moment then, I guess. But you, you can't do BNSF anyway now no, you're jabbing. Have me tested, man. <laughs> <I'll pass> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think I think it is. No, I think it is November. Supposedly, the the untested Brits and the BNSF is uh, is going to be on as well. Um, so that so that I don't we, I don't know when I don't know when that is. But yeah, that that's one for some some of your guys, Shane uh, BNSF. Um, in fact, one one of your one of your clients I've forgotten his name actually messaged me the other day, and I added him to the Facebook group. Um, Good. Who's that? I've heard about stat. I've heard about a few static monsters uh, questions, but not being a set. Trying to work, work out who doesn't take gear, aren't you? No yeah, one. I'm thinking. I was like, I was thinking, <laughs> like, one of my clients is doing being a set. Yeah, like, it must be Jan. Will Jan do it? I think. Yeah, I think Jan. Hopefully, will do it, won't he? Yeah, Jan. Jan probably should do it. Yeah, I don't know if he has. I don't really follow the BNSF, so I didn't even know there was a comp. To be honest. Unless somebody says to me there's a comp, I don't really. Follow yeah. It. Well, to be fair, it's not great in terms of the publicity. You have to be part of this Facebook group, or like. Oh right. Okay. They don't share it around. Yeah, around. it's it's not great, but but to be fair. Um, See, and that's why, like, at the start, Dan said the BNSF don't get as much credit. It's like all these drug-free federations. They, like, they like hold themselves in this little cult away. They don't, like, just advertise it, and then you might get more. Yeah, I, th- I think that, yeah, it's frustrating. Because, to be fair, like, the standard is, especially under 90, I think, like, the standard's, good, like, good, isn't it? Dan, I know you won that and won this, but... But yeah. like, I was think, thinking of, of like. Well, if he won both, that proves the standards good because the winner of the nineties beat the juices. So, mm. yeah, but there's a there's a f- few good guys who competed on Sunday who will do the the BNSF as well. Um, like Jake Entwistle, he was good, really good, wasn't he? Came sixth. He was very very good. Yeah. You you two um, had a good really good battle on the stones. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, to, for him to to get that many reps out of the hundred kilos and, and to keep going on the one twenty to one thirty as well, he was like, I don't know if there was any stopping him really. I think the only reason, similar to you, the only reason Jake stopped was his grip on the one thirty. He couldn't pick it up. Yeah, so, I enjoyed I enjoyed doing stones with Jake. Yeah, it was impressive. Um, and then uh, Jake Wright and the twins. Uh, I think they'll they'll all do BNSF. Um, so it'd be 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 a decent lineup. How did how did you find um, cutting to eighty five? By the way, for because the the WE the basically the the BNSF Worlds, Shane, you have to uh, they don't have an under ninety class. You qualified to under eighty fives or something, don't you? Yeah, it was that. Yeah, and they got an under seventy. I think the other one was the one below that. Right, and then under a hundred, over a hundred. Um, no, I mean, I my typically when I walk around my waist sort of 88 to 92 so it wasn't a huge cut for me um just did the usual stuff and then and then did a sort of a dehydration the night before weighing in or no it was a 24-hour weigh-in wasn't it so yeah no that was that was fine just flew over dehydrated while I was there did my weigh-in and then stuffed my face so do you just rock up at England in the night and then do you just whatever you just rock up on weight pretty much yeah I mean to be honest uh, this one that we just did I did kind of panic a little bit and 
Um, I think if, if, ever, if ever I'm going to stress about anything in competition, uh, it's still going to be my body weight, whether I walk around it this way or not. So on Saturday night, um, obviously I've had a whole day of eating and drinking and all sorts of shit. I step on the scales at 93 kilos. Oh, fuck. So I, I sit in a hot Epsom bath for an hour and 10 minutes and then I starve myself while I'm driving up to, up to compete for two hours and then uh, step on the scales to find I'm 89.1. How many people have messaged to say that I'm not fucking natty? Luke Davis started this. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Now that that's good. Isn't it? I think I think it's always um, always a stress off your mind when you don't have to really fixate on the the weight. I think Josh, you were like that this time, weren't you? You got your body weight right down, so you didn't have to do anything mad the day before because I think it ends up being there. You end up just thinking about the weighing and not the actual comp. And then once the weighing's out of the way, you're like, oh shit, I've got a comp to do now. Yeah. You know what? I've, I've always like thought in my head, like for the last year, I thought I've actually quite enjoyed like stressing about cutting weight in the last week because it's like taking my mind off like the comp because I'm that fucking stressed about being fat basically. Um, that whereas this one, it was it's actually the first comp that I've done same day weighing at ninety. Um, so that was like a that was like a big big step for me, a big goal really was to not only well, it was always going to be easy to make weight on the day, but make weight and put in a performance, if you will, because when I've competed under ninety before, like say. Um, uh, SCL and Europe's and uh, even the that strongest in the North comp last year they let the um, it was it was you could weigh in the day before so really when I've competed I've been like fucking 95 96 um, yeah. so f- so for me <clears throat> comp- competing the other day at like legit 91 not feeling like not feeling dehydrated because I couldn't really, I couldn't risk that. Hmm. Um, so I had to be disciplined getting the weight down before the comp lighter than I've ever been walking around, if you will. So that was quite a big test for me really. Um, <clears throat> but for, for somebody who's done both in terms of I've done like, I've done like when I, when I did a few powerlifting comps a couple of years ago, I was like doing fucking mad mad water cut the week before to get from like 110 down to 99.9 to weighing in the under 100 class and at the time I thought that was the way to go I thought well yeah I'm going to be a I'm going to be a bigger guy when I compete and that's kind of the trade-off isn't it um but for for somebody who's uh, done both as the same day weighing I just felt exceptional on Sunday like there was no, there was no excuses at all. Like I felt absolutely incredible. Yeah, I would, I would say it's definitely the best way to go. And and I think the only time you should do them big cuts is if you genuinely outgrow your weight class. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to pull the water out. Like, say you were just as lean as you were at ninety, but you were ninety-five. You know, that's when you're gonna have you do what you have to. You can't, you know, unless you are atrophy, you're gonna have to do the. Uh, the deathy water cuts. Yeah, it's all right when you've got zero muscle mass. 
<laughs> it comes though, Josh. It fucking you just muscle comes so slow. Hey, my fucking uh, I've, got, I've got no. I used to have a muscly ass, a muscle like I've got nothing, mate. I'm just like a fucking hat rack. No, you do. You just don't know it because you're, uh, you're like, a, like a little rake. <laughs> you should. If you were filled out, you'd be about ninety-eight kilo. But you could still make ninety, is what I'm saying. But you'd have to do the shitty diet and the shitty water cut. Well, that's when you get your uh, freaky people. You, you never got to experience Rob, uh, not Rob Ward, uh, James Ward, did you? But James, Rob's uh, twin brother, he was a fucking animal. He used to, he used to like see him in training at 99 kilo, fucking veins up his abs and delts popping out near his ears. And then he'd cut to 90. And on the day, you're like, how the fuck am I competing against this fucking gun? <laughs> Strict pressing 160 logs. He's like, well, fucking hell. World's strongest twins. Yeah, the, the real world's strongest twins. <laughs> Give me the world's strongest night twins. BNSF twins, private account. You've got to be a member to see my posts. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Sorry, Tim, I love you. I'm what, Joe. Joe's all right as well. What's your uh, Insta tag, uh, Dan, so people can follow you? So, yeah, in, in, uh, Instagram, at fortitude.strong uh, is my Insta tag. Brilliant. So, so everybody, make sure that you uh, you follow Dan. Um, and have you got any any details about your your coaching and what or any any kind of thing that you uh, free plug free plug? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I you know I use forms to uh, collect data for my for my coaching. So I'm gonna be one of those LinkedIn bio type of type of guys. Um, yeah. Check out my Instagram. Uh, click on the link in my bio, and there's a, a coaching interest form for you to fill out. Um, a few details about yourself and um, it allows me to get in touch with you um, and set up sort of um, either a phone call or a Zoom call where we can discuss more about you and see that I'm the right fit for you. Ma'am. So what what I think is really good about, what, what I really respect about you, Dan, as a strong man, is the fact that, like, <clears throat> I know you, you might argue you're overhead or whatever, but... <laughs> that you're not not as confident with but like i just think you're so, like so well-rounded at everything yeah. um i think that's great um but also i think there are a couple of things that I'm contradicting myself a little bit here but there are a couple of things that you want to specialize in um yeah. so talk to us a little bit about your your uh, your goals like some big goals going forward other than just winning comp so yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously, it's so winning comps was uh, or still is, I suppose, the, the the highest point of the agenda. But there's a few things I'd like to collect along the way. Um, so the the Monster Dumbo World Record is one that I've been going for for a while, and I was yeah, I don't want to blame the virus, I, and I can't blame the virus because I got an injury. Um, but so back in February, I managed to PB the Dumbo at 95 um, whilst weighing 89 kilos, um, and it was at that point that. I let myself get, kind of get a bit ahead of myself and I loaded the 100 kilo onto the dumbbell just to see if I could get it in training. Um, and I missed it and it bounced off my shoulder. Um, Give myself a nice sort of bursitis, um, sort of a chromial bursitis. Um, kind of meant that I couldn't, I couldn't lift my arm laterally or, or, or out in front of me at all. So that's, you know, that, that, that hit me quite hard because, you know, I'd been, I'd been hitting the dumbbell for months and months and to then go to, failing my empty dumbbell 58 kilos empty you know to go to failing that was was 
it sounds weird, but it was kind of heartbreaking in a way. And yeah, it, it took it, it took it out of me. Um, but you know, uh, I'm getting my way back up there. I pressed 90 kilos a couple of weeks ago, which was which was nice. Pressed 78 for a triple today, which which was nice and comfortable. Um, so it's it's coming back, and you know, these things happen in sport, and they you get injuries, you kind of have to accept with it, roll with it. You know, I, I might piss and moan a little bit for for a couple of days, and uh, I feel sorry for my partner for that because I'm a miserable fuck when everything anything goes wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy that's coming back up. Um, and the other one would be to, <laughs> now that it's only recently been broken, would be to try and contest Matty Eilif, um for his deadlift. Um, again, just it's kind of to prove to myself. I mean, if you saw the footage um, of me pulling my the three seventeen I pulled in the suit, I know that I know that's a long, long way off. But the way the three fifteen moved, it kind of sparked something inside me. And because I pulled three fifteen, and I wasn't satisfied because. I've got a shitty place here anyway, and they kind of fell off. Um, I loaded it up to 317 and a half, and I pulled it again, sort of two or three minutes later. <clears throat> and it, it, it felt so good that I, I kind of want to pursue it and see how far I can get it. Obviously, world records are the, are the um, sort of the pinnacle in, in the way, I suppose, of, of single lifts. But that's, that's, that's sort of the, the, the direction I want to go in, for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think you've got the... Um, the, the... <clears throat> Forget the num what the numbers are now. Like from getting to know you, I think you've got the um, a great attitude in terms of giving yourself the best chance of achieving something like that, which is obviously magnificent. Because like we talk about, like say goal-, goal setting and stuff. And the thing that I, where I think you are great, is the fact that you're not putting a time limit on it. You're not putting a time pressure on it. You're just happy to be consistent for however long it takes. Like, saying right I'm, I want to go for the deadlift world record next year or whatever like it might be five years time it might be four years whatever exactly yeah um, and that, that's what I, what I find quite inspiring and that's why I think that anybody to, who'd, who'd bet against you would be would be daft really um, yeah oh. I think it's really exciting so put, pull the 292.5 for five a couple of weeks ago Shane impressive very good. Really, really, really good. <laughs> that stole my soul. That did. <laughs> yeah, but design their suit as well. Yeah, in the in the suit. Yeah. But it's fives, like, in, fives in the suit are uh, fucking head poppers, aren't they? Wait, I'm just I'm just glad I've already got my kids. But <laughs> <laughs> you put straight into your fucking stomach. <laughs> but I think um, in terms of pull, pulling a big single, I think you're. Um, kind of I suppose I think you need need like almost like a max deadlift to train for a max deadlift to come up in a comp so you kind of have the reason to do a, do like a proper peak if you will yeah because at the end of the day we've been we've just been playing with like say doing doing some doing some heavier work in the suit or whatever but the priority has been kind of well peaking you peaking your rep work for the comp and whatnot so yeah, that's what I mean. So the, the, the comps will definitely be there and they're always going to be the main focus. And to have that, the heavy deadlift sort of simmering in the background. Um, I mean, my, my recovery seems to be pretty good that I can, I seem to be able to get away with doing both. Um, so without too much detriment to the other, which, which I'm going to try and capitalize on, obviously. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, so what, what about you? You 
farmers. I thought your farmers were incredible the other day, by the way, and just in general. So, yeah. like, what what have you done over the last say since since training strongman to to train farmers other than doing farmers? Because I, f- I find it quite impressive that you've done that. Where, like, if I get really good at farmers, I'm pretty good at farmers. To be fair. Mm. Uh, but I've I, I could train those every day. I've got I've got the I could have it just set up at my gym and just just train it every day or whatever. But like, how, how have you done that over the last whatever four or five years when you're maybe not accessing it that much? What what other exercises have, have you valued that have carried over to that? I suppose it's kind of with with farmers. It's generally obviously obviously it's heavy weight for a period of time. Um, so yeah, I've kind of just used whatever I can to, to tax the grip, whether it be sort of double overhand deadlifts or, you know, I went through a phase of a good few months where I was doing double overhand deadlift with fat grips, uh, on the bar as well, which is, which is just nasty. Um, and then as I got more and more into strongman, I kind of, you know, I became familiar with the axle and, um, just, just try my best to, I was speaking to Tom Hibbert about this as well. Um, to uh, sort of do double overhanged thumb round cleans um, to avoid the thumbless grip and to avoid the, the, the mixed grip and belt cleans. So I just went through again early on, sort of 2015, early 16, um, and then into 2017. I just did a lot of axle cleans, really. Um, I was never particularly good at them, um, as, as you know, I'm still not amazing at, at receiving the clean, but yeah, anything that's, you know, a particularly wider grip. Or, uh, or or anything that's that's challenging with weight and whether it be dynamic or static, um, I still think it's I still think think it carries over. Brilliant. So, what what's the long term goal in terms of um, in terms of actual competitions then, and not just like single lifts? Um, so yeah, so the long term, um, obviously, I want to get through to or I am through to Brits and to and to, to win that, and then um, just just kind of see where which competitions come up and where it takes me. OSG is one that I want to do. I do want to get over to Florida um, when all the shit clears up and, and compete there. They've got OSG Europe's as well. Um, so I just want to continue with that. And as, as in terms of weight class, I'm not really sure where I'm going to go. Um, I've had people ask me um, whether I'd stay at under 90s, whether I'd go up to 105. Um, but I kind of see it as that I've still got work to do at the under 90s. So whilst I've still got work to do, I don't see the point in, in moving up a class. Um, what was the last thing that I was going to ask you? So, yeah, <clears throat> like we've, we've asked quite a few people on there. What would you, what would you say to people starting out in strongman? And what, what, what would you, so you, how, how long have you been doing it? Five or six years? Uh, yeah, since 2016, four years. Yeah. So, so for four years, um, and can, and you can see yourself doing like, like how much, you can see yourself doing it indefinitely, like keep going for... For, for as long as I can lift, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, how, how old are you? 32. Sorry? 32. 32, right, okay. So you started 28. Did you train before that? Um, yeah, I was kind of a bit of a meathead. You kind of don't really know what you're doing. I, you know, I, was, I trained for a few years straight out of school, um, just with some mates, just not really paying attention to what I was doing. I didn't have any goals set or anything. It was more of a... Social aspect, I suppose, a social life in a way. 
Right, okay, interesting. So do you do that from pretty much fresh out of school at the getting to the gym or like for a long period of time? Yeah, pretty much. Um, as I finished, um, actually as I finished school, the, the, the school there was building a gym. So we got free membership while we were still studying there. So I, I just went there, um, went there with a few mates and lumped a few dumbbells around thinking I was the big man and then walking out again sort of 10 minutes later and stuff in my face was shit. So just, I know Josh is going to ask you, but I'm going to fucking go off on one here, but just out of interest. So you trained all that time. What Did someone specifically get you into the sport then or what kind of, how did you get into it? Um, so, well, my, my, I suppose my gym journey before Strongman is a, is slightly different in that I, you know, I was, I was never a, a small kid. I was always quite a chunky kid and I got into the gym and then, um, it was actually a branch of LA fitness where I used to live. There was a trainer there who I was very, very good mates with and yeah, he kind of showed me a few things. He taught me a lot about exercise, about nutrition. Um, and he was actually the, um, my martial arts coach as well. So a little known fact about me is I do hold a black belt in Taekwondo as well. Um, so he got me into that and that's where I stripped right down and I was my lightest at sort of 76 kilos. Um, yeah. And then I moved away from him, got more into the specifics, like more into strength training, more into the, into the higher weights, um, and, and just built my tissue from there. Awesome. So not only are you strong, you can throw a spinning hook kick and knock people out. Certainly can. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. So what, what would you say to people starting out in the sport? Um, yeah, go on, give um, some advice and some inspiration, mate. Come on. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I love the sport. It's absolutely, it's, it's open to everybody. You know, it doesn't discriminate. So I don't, you know, don't feel like you can't, you're too small, you're too weak or whatever, because, you know, we're, we're all, we all start from somewhere. I would say, you know, do your research. Um, don't jump into comps too early. Uh, get yourself sort of a baseline level of strength first um, and you know one of the best things you can do is to get yourself a coach get yourself a decent coach a reputable coach who's coached um, beginners before and kind of understands that you may not have uh, sort of all the knowledge of the events to be able to implement it yourself from a distance so a one-to-one -one coach would be, would be perfect for that and just be patient you know that there is no quick fix there's no there's no shortcut to getting strong you just gotta you gotta give it time, you've got to be patient, you know, accept when shit goes wrong. Um and it does and it will. Uh, accept that it does. And um yeah, and just 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 don't just don't stop trying to push yourself. Just don't don't stop trying to progress um and, and sort of become a better a better and stronger version of yourself. Brilliant. So any any beginners out there who want to who are maybe um just kind of playing around with events. Maybe you train at a commercial gym. Maybe you do your squat bench deadlift or maybe you do like a, a bodybuilding kind of structure or whatever. And you're looking to maybe get your first step into a program or you um, like prepping for your first comp, like get in, get in contact with Dan, like look him up, look at the kind of people he's, that he's teaching at the minute. Um, the success that he's having, you speak to him, get him to, he'll happily put you in contact with some of his clients that are, um, that'll give you some honest feedback rather than him trying to plug himself or whatever. Let, yeah. let his uh, customers do, do the talking. Uh, <clears throat> and he'll, and as he says, he'll, he'll show you and he'll teach you how you can, you might not, you might only have access to a barbell, but that can be enough to, 
to get you strong enough and get you confident enough to to do well at your first comp. 100%. So make sure you hook him up and it could be a brilliant first step for you. Well, you got, anything, got anything else to add, uh, gentle men, before we close? No, I enjoyed it and congratulations on the title, mate. Well done. Thank you very much, Shane. Thank you. Well done, Dan. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah. Hey guys, let me get all that fucking jingle. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. Thank 